and welcome to this week's episode of Cowboys Take. I'm your host, Jason Kent, and boy, do we have a doozy for you this week. So much big news, not only uh, in the NFL world, um, but there has been some pretty breaking news for the Cowboys as well surrounding all-pro guard Zach Martin, which isn't looking too good. Not looking good at all, my friends. Um, and we're going to dive in. Um, I know we just spoke about the Giants last week, but we have, I've, you know, Aaron James and myself both feel is some very relevant, um, his, his kind of hold down. I feel like it's really relevant and can, can translate over to Tony Pollard. Um, and we have discussed next year's free agency class of running backs is, is, is a pretty big one. So this Saquon, Saquon situation could have uh, long-lasting implications for the running back market going forward. Um, and then we're just going to finish uh, finish this week out with kind of an homage to one of Dallas Cowboys' all-time greats um, who's making uh, the Hall of Fame this year. Um, so we're going to go into the Hall of Fame class and, and, and touch on uh, one DeMarcus Ware. Um, but before we do all that, it's time to bring in my fantastic... And I keep saying fantastic and illustrious. Got nothing else. I'm like a one-trick pony. We're going to bring him in. His name's Aaron James. You all know it. We all know it. How you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, Jason. Um, Man, it's been a while since we've gotten breaking news like this with the whole Zach Martin contract situation. So it's kind of hot and heavy. It just felt more hot and heavy today. Dude, it really does. Because just... And it came out of left field. It's not like... It's not like it's something you've been hearing talks or anything. It was left field. Um, mm-hmm. They announced him as one of the 99 club in Madden this year. And you literally text me, hey, Zach Martin. I got the text message. Zach Martin's a 99. About 30 seconds <laughs> later, my other friend texts me, ha, 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 Zach Martin's holding out. So it was a tough one. <laughs> um but into the 99s, we, uh, we're we big Madden guys here. We yes, love we Madden. Are. This is a football podcast. Let's, you know, let's dive into a little bit. You know, we all know we love our little weekly discussions. Them 99s so far that have been released. It's won uh, four positions so far. I'm assuming there'll be a quarterback or two. Um, and the four makes sense. So we have right end, my guy, my number, my second favorite player uh, in, in any sport today, Aaron Donald. Um, Justin Jefferson, which that one caught me a little by surprise, Travis Kelsey, and Dallas's own Zach Martin. Let's go. How do you uh, how do you feel about those guys? You think all worthing, all deserving, all deserving. That's a terrible way to say that, but all deserving players of the ninety nine. And do you think Justin Jefferson's the best wide receiver in the NFL? Well, that's a good point, Jason, because this is basically saying that Justin Jefferson is the number one wide receiver and i don't think that he is so of of these names that one to me stands out madden does update the overall ratings throughout the season so i'd be curious to see if i don't know if they've ever moved any player down i think a few guys have moved moved down but not much but i I agree to me when you look at some some of the names and, and I don't think this is us taking anything away from Justin Jefferson. But when I look at a guy like, you know, and I get Tyreek Hill's a 97, Devontae Ad- – I'm sorry, Tyreek Hill's 98, Adams is a 97. 
you know, when you're looking at those guys, it's like, you know, Cooper Cups in 96. I think he started last year at a 99. Uh, Stefan Diggs is a 96. You're, it's going to be hard-pressed to tell me that Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in the league right now. I still think that belongs to Devontae Adams. Um, maybe because of his quarterback situation. I don't know how Madden comes up with their rankings. Or even Tyreek Hill, he had a phenomenal year last year. Um, so I think he's surprised me the most because I don't think he's the best, but that's what it says. But the other three guys I have no problem with. I love um, – I think just recently there was a – uh, a poll between players and GMs and, you know, a lot of personnel where they, they did name Zach Martin, the top interior lineman um, in the NFL, which is, so that includes guards and centers. So I, th- I think him being there is well-deserving Travis Kelsey, of course, I think is the best. Um, actually, I really don't, but you can't give it to Kittle because what Travis does is so much better. If Kittle <laughs> had a quarterback like Mahomes, I do think Kittle's the best receiver in the league. That being said, Kelsey deserves it. And so does uh, Aaron Donald. I don't think anybody's close there either. So, Well, that that's my question for you. Does Do we think uh, Justin Jefferson, how much better is he going to be? we got to keep in mind, Kirk Cousins is his quarterback. Put Justin Jefferson with uh, Patty Mahomes – that's a great point. Or with the Josh Allen. That's a beautiful point. It, it really is. But I also look, Tyreek Hill didn't drop off. And he went from Patrick Mahomes to Tua to whoever they had there at the end of last year playing when Tua was hurt. And, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and, and Tyreek didn't really drop off much. Um, so I don't know. I'm sure I know Justin Jefferson's on his way to be – you know, the best in the league. He's, you know, he's in his, what, second year this year. So it's really tough to really knock it. I just, it, it, it that to me, Madden is telling you he's the best receiver in the league. So mm-hmm. I think that to pick, he's might be my, uh, my number one pick in fantasy now because Madden told me he's 99 may have to pick him with the third <laughs> overall pick this year. Is that too high? If you have the number one overall pick. No, number three, I have number three. You have number three. You're considering taking Jefferson. Yeah. Man, so when I look at these stats, we're, we're going to go there. You know, he did have – man, I guess you really can't argue. 128 catches, led the league. 1,809 yards, led the league. Eight touchdowns, did not lead the league. So, man, I – yeah, it's tough to go against it, I guess. You remember the one-handed catch he had against Buffalo? They no. were – they were they needed a, a touchdown to take over. It was like fourth and fifteen. Cousins throws it up. He goes up. He's between two defenders, comes down with it with one hand. That's well, at least that's my most memorable catch of him of last year. They end up coming back to beat the Bills in Buffalo. A big statement victory for the Vikings. I believe that was before the Cowboys came to Minnesota and, and blew them out. But, yeah, I mean, he's – I say that to say, you know, he's pretty reliable. Um, he's their – obviously, their number one, and they got rid of Thielen. So he's the he's the next chapter leading that group there. 
God, could you imagine this dude was supposed to be an eagle? The Eagles took, I can't even remember who the Eagles took, but I, re I remember sitting there and watching Minnesota's draft room when the Eagles, I think the kid was from Colorado or so he was, I know he's a speed receiver. He's actually on Minnesota now. Um, but I remember their draft room being so ecstatic when they did not take Justin Jefferson, they could not get to that board fast enough. So I guess it's a good, you know, you know what? I can't argue it. I'm glad he's not an Eagle. I can't really argue Justin Jefferson being that guy. You know what? I think I knocked him a little too much. I'm happy with it. I'm okay with it. Here are the four wide receivers drafted before Justin Jefferson. You got Henry Ruggs third. Not in the NFL anymore. Jerry Judy. He's not he's not what they thought he would be. CD Lamb. Okay. And Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager, that's the dude the Eagles take took. I'm terrible. Yeah. Man. Could you, you imagine? Could you imagine Jefferson instead of CD Lamb though? That'd be tough. <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, you know what? Let's not go there because I don't want to bash CD. No, I don't want to. I don't want to really bash Jefferson. Um, but yeah, so I'm sure there's going to be. I'm sure you guys will hear more from us about Madden, Madden updates. We're we're big Madden guys. We play. Um, and I think Pollard was a top ten running back too. So that's a beautiful thing. Beautiful thing. Um, so let's let's really dive into our first topic, and and I think it's a big one. You know, like I said, you you reached out to me. You know, the day he. Uh, was announced that he was was a 99 in Madden, and I thought that was really cool. He, I feel like he deserved it. He's been an All Pro in every season uh, except one, and that season he missed six games for injury. He, he's been a stalwart of that line since he was a first round pick from Notre Dame. And, and when I, I believe you said this to me earlier, when, when they really paid him. Uh, a few years back, they they did re reset the market with him, highest paid uh, guard, and now he he's still a top I think top six top seven paid guard, but now he's really talking about wanting a new contract and holding out. So if that happens, Senor Aaron James, what happens to this line? What happens? Does that change our projections? I know we we both felt very optimistic about this season and where we think the Cowboys can go. Um, we've both been on record multiple times saying we do believe they're probably, um, you know, the second best team, if not the third. So they're definitely in, in the battle for for there. They're probably not the number one. But does that really drop them if if Martin does hold out? Um, you know, or doesn't play at all, which I, I just don't see happening. I, I do believe they figure something out. They have to pay them. But if, if it happens, how how big of a deal is this um, this dispute with, with Martin and the Cowboys? It could be a massive deal. I don't think it's going to come to the extreme. My very first feelings were that I was disappointed that the front office overlooked this situation. Now, going to the quote that Adam Schefter posted, he says, Martin believes he's woefully underpaid relative to the market. And just before that, he puts that uh, Martin is unhappy with his contract and the team's lack of interest in restructuring. So to me, that, that, that means his agent has been knocking on the door, leaving some messages, and the front office has maybe been lackadaisical or slow to respond or 
something along those lines. That's just the, that's just what comes to mind. Now, we just talked about the 99 club. An argue can definitely be made that Zach Martin is the best player on our team. A case can be made for that. I wouldn't argue that now with Tyron Smith kind of on the downside of his career. I wouldn't make an argument against Zach Martin being that guy. Um, he Like all pro, first or second team, was eight of his nine seasons. You you can't make it. So he is a very vital part uh, of that offensive line. Mm-hmm. And I think that was why the big deal, why they decided to move Tyron Smith over, because now you really – you know, you really lock down the right side of that line with those two. Um, it, it's a tough blow. He is, he's 33, so he's a little bit older uh, than some of the guys paid ahead of him. He, I think this year, I think they said he was scheduled to make 13 and a half. Um, I really, it really seems like with the way they restructure deals these days, I feel like what's going to happen is what we've seen a lot with the Eagles. I think they they do extend him out. And I think it'll be one of those type of deals where a lot of that is guaranteed signing bonus up front uh, to kind of make him happy. Because what I was reading, mm-hmm. it did seem more like uh, they did talk about how his, you know, all of his guarantees are paid out. So he's got nothing left guaranteed. He's not. So his average per year is about 14 million. And, and that's still fourth in the NFL. So Wyatt Teller for the Browns average is 14 two. Brandon Sheriff in the with the Jag 16-5. And I think Lindstrom just got paid this year. He's the big one at, at 20 and a half. So it, there's that big jump. Mm-hmm. And Zach Martin, you know, realistically is better than all of these guys. You know, he really is. He's the best, best right guard in the league, best offensive um interior lineman, you know, probably up there with I don't even know, like the only other guy I can think of is Trent Williams that same. may be in the, in the same category. Um, Tyron Smith has taken a few steps back. So when you look at these guys, he, he's a very vital part of this team. Um, so I do think they, they need to get something done and throw something his way to make him happy. Cause this yeah. is a dude, you know, when Frederick went out, you know, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin really stepped up even more and just continued to play at that all pro level. Um, so, so they have to do something, but, to, my, to the question I had to you earlier, I really think I think this is a it's very troubling if they don't if they don't you know squash this quick. Um, and you made the point earlier, and I'll let you speak on it more too. Um, you know how does this affect some of those other guys? Because Pollard is is on his franchise tag; he's going to have to get either franchised or paid again. You have CD coming up in a few years, Micah in a few years. Uh, um, Diggs is coming up, I think, this year or next. So, so you have a lot of guys that are going to get big money. How, how big of a of a kind of monkey wrench is this throw into those plans too? So, a couple things. First, this deal was done in 2018, six years, 84 million. To your point, he's already pocketed like over 40 million or something along those lines. Now, and he reset the market. If a quarterback resets the market today. They're lucky if they're still in the top 10 after two full seasons. Yeah, it feels like that. It feels like that, right? So that just speaks to, you know, when when the comment comes back that he's woefully underpaid, I think that is... <laughs> it's an exaggeration. That's an exaggeration. <laughs> but 
he's smart because, right, if he has two years left on his contract and he knows that the Jones have to write a check for CD, they got to restructure Dak, they got Parsons coming up, they got Diggs coming up, he's probably thinking to himself, I, I, sh- I should lock in the rest of my career now. And from the Jones standpoint, this is, you know, this is probably not part of their plans. They have been trying to forecast out, you know, how to get these other big contracts under their belt. I think this is the last year, unfortunately, that we have Pollard and that $10 million cap will probably be reduced by five to seven. We'll, par- we'll probably bring someone in for three Whoa, let's, and, and allocate that somewhere else. Let's, let's back take on that for a minute, Bubs. You think that you think they let Pollard walk after the year? Yes. Man. I hate to, I hate to say it. it really, yeah. But I, yeah, I think we'll the, yeah. they're, they're probably gonna give him close to 300 touches this year. That's the other thing. So all that to say, I think it, it was smart of Zach. I think something ultimately gets done. We don't have enough depth. In that O line, we can't afford to to lose him. The guy is as he's like the definition of available, reliable. He definitely <laughs> is the he is Mister Reliable. He he's the only team season he's making All Pro. Um, you know he missed six games. Other than that, he really has been. He's been pretty much last few years the complete opposite uh, of Tyron Smith. Some you know maybe you, you some of the money you did save with cutting and resigning kind of restructuring um, Tyron's deal maybe you throw some of that um, you know you definitely throw it at Martin but I think there's always ways to get around it there's always ways to get around the cat they can always you know you know manipulate it you know we watch the Eagles do it every year I feel like they're very good at it there's ways to manipulate it I think to get Martin paid. Um, and, and I do think if you pay him a lot up front, it kind of shuts everything up. Yeah. Um, but like you said, right now, he's still the fourth highest average per year guard in the league. Left guard. Still like, come on, you're making <laughs> making a lot of money. So if you look at offensive linemen as a whole, maybe you're a little underpaid. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, to me, I really wonder, though. How did he go to the Joneses first? and talk to them and they said no so his only move was to come out because if that happened i would be very disappointed in steven and jerry because you can't let your like you said you know your best player do this and and it could be I, you know i understand that's how the game's played and that's how it works but it really feels like you know when you're in in the run for a championship you really probably have a few years, few years left to really get there. It's tough if they're looking, if they told him no, they don't want to give him anything additional to have him come out. It's a bad look. I really, mm-hmm. if that's the way it played out, do you kind of feel the same way? Oh yeah, it's definitely a bad look. And when this, when I started reading this, I felt like he probably feels underappreciated. Maybe. And I felt I kind of it started kind of running through my mind like, man, I feel like now maybe I've underappreciated the body of work he's done as a fan. 
I really got convicted and now considering before getting my Parsons jersey, I feel like I want to get a Zach Martin jersey. He wants to get a Zach Martin jersey now. <laughs> get yeah. that good old was in the 70s. Let's do it. Yeah. I um offensive linemen are so easy to undervalue. And I do think it really seems like for as great as he's been, I agree with you. Because when when you had all three of them, Tyron Smith was that guy. Yeah. I remember watching plays where this guy's, you know, Tyron Smith's pulling. Like, you got a six foot six, 310 pounds. Of, he looks like muscle. Like, if I'm a DB, I'm either laying down. I don't even laying down because then he's just going to, you know, jump on you. I'm running out of bounds. Okay. <laughs> I'm not getting his way. <laughs> and, and with Frederick, Frederick was the same. He was so good too. You know, you always felt like Martin was that third guy, which is tough because you really had three all pro offensive linemen. But he has felt underappreciated just for the body of work. You really can't debate it. He's just a lock at that at that right guard spot. Um, so I, you know, I don't think Jerry or Steven listen to this podcast. Um, if you guys do, hey, if you want to have us out to have us out <laughs> to the stadium for a show, you just let us know and we'll be there. Um, but if you are listening, let's get let's get this thing done before training camp. Let's just write him a check. You know, I've seen your yacht, Jerry. I've seen it. Okay, you're making draft picks from the bathroom in the shower or something like that. So let's let's get yeah. We got to get Martin. We got to get him happy. You can't have a hold out there. Not not with the uncertainty with Smith and if he can be there all year. You need if if Zach Martin goes down. Um, I think that's a bigger loss than Tyron Smith at this point, and that's huge. It's so it's so tough coming out of left field, though, man. It really does stink. It does, because you don't want to you don't want to overpay and then have to miss out. Because I know I, I was seeing a lot of stuff where Diggs is now talking with To. Him and To have been talking a lot, um, talking about getting paid. And Diggs, you know, I think the comment, I don't, don't quote me. It's not the exact comment. I don't even think I'm paraphrasing. It was something along the lines of, I'm not trying to break the bank. I just want to get paid. So it, it's, you're starting to hear a lot of rumblings from a lot of your bigger names in the Cowboys team about contracts. And that's not a good sign when you're looking at a Super Bowl. The question becomes, would Zach be happy with, more cash for the remainder of his contract or does he want an extension and average 19 million for the next four years that's the big that's the big question you know if if there's an easy fix and the jones can be like hey three million dollars more this year and next year gets your gets that average up closer to 17 We'll get it all to you by next week via wire transfer. And let's get let's keep this rolling. That's a good question. Because a lot of those contracts, and like we say, like I said earlier, he he's out of his guaranteed money. So a lot of those contracts are more front loaded. So you can extend them out. And that doesn't mean he's going to see the back end of it. So I would be a hundred percent okay. Kind of front loading, like if we extend him out an additional three or four years, 
bump up that, you know, that average over the next two or three to get him closer to, you know, 17 to 18, where he's the second highest paid guard. Cause you are 33 and I'm not, I do have other guys to sign. So unfortunately the way the game works is you can't sign everybody. So if you bump up the next two years, I think that's a great play. You extend him out for three. So he has five years left, bump up the next two or three, you know, you cut him at 36. I think that's a good play. Yeah, I think so too. So let's let's transition because I, I think this one we were, you know, you just talked about how you think Pollard is going to be gone. Yep. Man, Saquon now, it is it is really starting to look bad for the G-Men. And I, I know we did discuss a little bit of this last week with Dr. B. Um, but now that Saquon didn't get paid, every one of them, all the running backs that were um that were signed to that tender um all of them none of them got signed so they're all on that on that um what's that called franchise tag um and you know saquon saquon barkley says he he may be sitting out you know the only leverage he has and and don't this is a quote directly from from saquon so you know i I do apologize but you know my leverage is i could say f you to the giants i could say f you to my teammates and i could be like you want me to show you my worth you want me to show you how valuable I am to the team. I won't show up. I won't play it down. And that's how I could that's how I could play. And that's a play I could use, he says. So man, that's a pretty big statement from a guy that who finally came back last year, had a great season. Um, it really seemed like the catalyst uh for the reason they made the playoffs. Um you know, as a Cowboys fan, I'd, I'd love to see him sit out because it would make our lives a little bit easier. Mm. As a fan of the game, I would hate to sit because he's a very talented player. What are your thoughts? And do you think, because we have, I think we've said it before, we have discussed like next year's free agency class of running backs is huge. And you've seen a lot of the running backs this year so far speak out against it talking about how value, you know, you've heard Eckler talk a lot about his contract. Um, you know, I think, I think the running back from Cincinnati, not Cincinnati, Cleveland um, said something. There's been a few at Kamara's tweeted. So a lot of them are, are really up in arms about this. How do you feel about the way the running back market is? Um, do you think McCaffrey, when he got his contract, a lot of people saw that and really thought negative about it. And what do you think, you know, I think you, you, well, you did state earlier, you do believe Pollard's gone, but what implications could it have on Pollard for next year? That's, I can't answer all that in one sentence. You're right. That was a lot of questions <laughs> all at one time. But, I mean, here's what I would say. I would like you, I'm happy because I don't think Saquon's there week one against the Cowboys and he's a big part of the offense. So that, that makes the game that much easier. For us, this, however this shakes out, it's going to set precedent in the market. With with Pollard coming off a tag at the end of the year, uh, Joshua Jacobs coming off tag at the end of the year. Um, I, I feel like there's another running back. But, you know, $10 million is a lot to walk away from. I ultimately think that Saquon will sign it and play. 
that's my prediction. And uh, Dr. B actually messaged me the other day that he, he was wrong. Uh, he was hoping something be, would be done. And he also agreed with me. He doesn't think Saquon will be in the Giants uniform on week one. Man. That's a tough hit for them. It's a tough hit for the running back market. When you look at it, so the guys, you know, just next year, if if all of them hit free agency, you know, we, we've talked, discussed it before, but you could have Derrick Henry, Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think Eckler can hit. You have Cordaro Patterson, who could, he's a little bit older, but he could still hit. Gus Edwards, who's still a younger back, he could hit. Devin Singletary, who may not be, you know, some of these Clyde Edwards Slayer. There's a lot of running backs out there that are going to hit that market next year that I do think, especially your guys like Henry and Jacobs, are looking at how this is playing out with um, Saquon. They can't be happy, you know, because Christian McCaffrey a few years ago, you know, signed that massive deal. And everybody's excited. I think Kamara signed a little bit longer of a deal, a little bit less per year, uh, more to think total value. Um, so when you're looking at it, it's definitely tough because you don't want to be a running back hitting, you know, hitting their your first contract and now you're not getting signed. It, it does it does seem bad because I do think running back is still a very valuable part of the game and could be game changers. I don't. Th- I think this is going to be the way it's going to be for a while. I really for a do. little while. Yeah, for a little while. I think my prediction is that it's going to be this way until we see like a Bijan Robinson coming off of his rookie deal, which he's like a top seven paid running back as a rookie. He really is on yeah. on that rookie deal because you're getting Cause so he was well. A top ten pick. Now, the whole thing with the Giants. You know, Saquon hasn't been all that available throughout his prior contract. So I think that that plays a role. Last year, he was the healthiest he's ever been since his rookie season. And he had 295 rushing attempts. That's a really big workload. You, If you're Saquon and you decide to come back, you got to know that the Giants are going to run you to the ground yeah and knowing that how motivated am i going to be to play with a nicked up ankle or with a tight quad no not at all not at all no and and the giants they're in a in a in a tough um predicament you know you just signed daniel jones to a pretty big deal and i it really feels like Daniel Jones had his best season when he had that option with Saquon there. So it's tough because if I'm the Giants ownership, I I feel like I have to understand, you know, what he means to this team. But to your point, you know, his last few seasons, last year coming back, he played 13 or two years ago. I'm sorry. Played 13 games, only averaged three, seven a carry. Um, The year before that, he only played two games. Uh, the year before that, he did play 13, his second year in. Um, he was averaging a pretty good amount of 4.6 yards a carry. Um, you know, but he did get hurt at the end of that season. So you see he has been nicked up a lot. You know, that was the most carries of his careers last year. But there is that worry if you're Saquon and you sign it and you come back, 
that you, Giants do exactly that. They run you into the ground. Um, and I feel like that's a fear for a lot of these running backs. Because when you look at it, Kirk Cousins did the same thing a few years back. And he made himself a tremendous amount of money <laughs> by playing on those franchise tags. Mm-hmm. But I do believe there's a big difference between a quarterback that's doing it and a running back. Because the running back is probably not going to get paid at the end of it. And that that's what I was going to ask you. Because for the running back position, when they come up with these contracts... I feel like for running backs, it's more so what have you what what have you done for me recently? And for quarterbacks, it's what can you do for me going forward? It really seems like it. It does. And the problem is running backs, you really feel like you can find them anywhere. You know, Pollard was what a third round pick. A yep. lot a lot of your a lot of your you know your big time running backs, you do have Henry's, but Kamara wasn't a high pick. Um, I don't think Chubb was a high, you know, super high pick. Mixon wasn't a super high pick. So you get a lot of these guys that are your second, third round guys, fourth yep. round running backs that can come in and and with the way the game is transitioning to such a pass heavy game, it's tough to justify unless you literally are Tennessee and you built your offense around Derrick Henry. It's tough to just say. We're going to give you a lot of money. That's where I think your idea a few weeks ago, I think, was a brilliant idea. And I don't know if it's yours or it might have been one of those comments, but you, you know, the running backs, even first year running backs, shouldn't, you know, maybe make their contracts a little bit less so they can hit that first contract sooner, or you know, give them that it's the standard four year, fifth year option. But you can't franchise tags running backs. You have to give them, you know, a, a one or two year deal. It would make it a little bit easier on them to get paid um the other thing that could switch it and i've heard this for years and they've talked about it with the increase of the salary cap um you know as quarterbacks go on a different structure quarterbacks don't count against your cap so i think with teams now too you're you have to pay quarterbacks so much there's with the quarterbacks getting paid more now your left tackles your offensive line is a little bit more important your wide receivers are a little bit more important because the way they're changing defense. So now your defensive linemen and your cornerbacks are much more important. It really seems like, you know, the whole, everything is getting greater in value in terms of contracts, except running backs. And it's really going down and down and it's tough. It, it really is. So here's the million dollar question because of this trend that we're seeing and we know more and more, you know, linebackers are faster. Players are way more athletic. Will and so here it is. Will anyone in our lifetime catch up to Emmett Smith? No. I don't know if anybody breaks into that top 10. I need to look at it. I, I thought the last person I really thought had a shot to do it was Adrian Peterson. And if he could have stayed healthy. And he did it like, and he could have played, you know, been an actual starter. I think he had a shot, an he outside shot of getting it. Outside of him, I don't see anybody getting close. I don't know. I would be shocked without looking. I'd be shocked if anybody's close to 10,000 yards that's actually active. Besides Adrian Peterson, because he's still technically active. He's still technically active. And he's at 14,918. He's less than... Or he's about three hundred and 
49 yards away from Barry Sanders. He's that close to Barry? He's that close to Barry. And he is just over a thousand shy of Frank Gore. And Frank Gore amazingly has 16,000 even. So this one gives me top 25. Well, so yeah, I mean, I I agree. I don't think anyone will ever catch Emmett. And if I'm Emmett, I'm like, man, what a sweet record. So here is something even better. And it gives us more incentive to bring somebody back. So if you just, and I, they were going off topic on this, but I do like the topic. If you have, if you're looking, you're thinking active running backs, take out Peterson because he's not technically playing. If you had to guess who the top two rushers were, who do you think they would be in active yardage yardage? Oh man. I'm just like now trying to think who's been in the league. The longest I'm probably going to guess CMC. No. And Derrick Henry, he's first, he's 42nd, 43rd is Zeke. So they're both. So, Henry, okay, so, so I was pretty much, yeah, so they were, there will be a couple guys that hit Henry. Is I'm gonna, he's got 8,355. Uh, Zeke has 8,262. Uh, Mark Henry is 50th with 8,000. 111 so he probably won't hit um so out of the guys left i don't know like chubb has an outside chance to hit 10,000 i'm assuming derrick henry will hit it if zeke can get picked up he's still young enough to where he could hit it but yeah i just i don't think it's not a running league anymore and unless like we like i think that's why i go to, to, to henry because he's the one running back in today's game that i feel like can change your offense if you get him he's you know, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, you have to run a specific offense. You're not going to be able to move Lamar Jackson into, you know, Patrick Mahomes offense and expect him to play it the same way. That's Derrick Henry in the running. You're not going to bring him on your team unless you're really Kansas City. You're not going to bring him on your team and not have a power run game. Um, and it just doesn't play like that anymore. So that that's really why I think, you know, Saquon's not getting paid because, the running back position isn't what it used to be. This isn't, you know, the nineties where if you look at the, the, the list, we grew up with Emmett Smith. We grew up with Frank Gore. We grew up with Adrian Peterson, Curtis Martin, Tomlinson, Bettis, Falk, Edron James. We've seen Fred Taylor, Steven Jackson. Those are dudes that are just in the Corey Dillon. Those are the top 20 guys. You know, Peyton's a little bit before us. Um, Eric Dickerson, Tony Dorsett, Jim Brown, they just don't they don't play that style of football anymore. So I don't think well, it's gonna to be tough. I, I agree with that. I agree with my statement. Outside of Derrick Henry, I don't know who else gets to 10,000 yards in, in in rushing anymore. Well, it's good to know you agree with yourself because that's <laughs> it'd be nice to know that to have you on this podcast with me. All right. <laughs> but here's the big reason why Derek. Henry is still, you know, still has fresh legs. In 2016, he had 110 carries. 2017, 176, and only 215 his third year. So he, but then it starts to pile up from there. It really did. From 19 to 22, it goes 303, 378, 219. There were some injuries that year. And then 349 in 2022 those are like 
numbers we saw Emmett Smith doing back in the day. Just you hand it off, you let him do his thing. Yeah, I, I just I don't think the running back market's going to change anymore. I, I think it's going to get less and less. And just because it's so interchangeable, you know, Christian McCaffrey got paid out, got hurt a ton. Um, had a you know a good year last year with with San Fran once he went there, but you know you seem like a, there's you can bring guys in and have good good games, good you know you can rotate. So I just don't I don't think the running back market's as valuable as it used to be. Well, this is a good segue. We we went deep in into the stat sheet there, and and um, but I'm and I, I felt like that was a really good conversation and topic. But now to our Hall of Fame class. And congratulations to all these guys. And and the one thing, one thing kind of kind of upset me. Um, and I want to get your thoughts on it too as we're going into it, because they did announce the order in which they're being announced and doing their speeches. So when you run down the list, it's Zach Martin. No, I'm sorry, not Zach Martin, Zach Thomas, Ken Riley. Then Demarcus Ware is third in his speech. Now, usually. They save the and I thought to me when I looked at this class, I really thought uh, when you it's tough to go against some of the guys. But let me finish. Joe Klecko, Chuck Howley, Darrell Revis, very, very deserving. Don Coriel, who should have been in much earlier for his offense. Um, Rondé Barber and rounding it out. It had a little bit of an issue. Joe Thomas. I really I really thought when I looked at that class, I really thought DeMarcus Ware would be towards the end. Um, but it's a good class. It's a very good class. And I assumed, I think this was DeMarcus's first year of eligibility. If he may be one of the most dominant defensive players I've ever seen. He was so good. And I remember when they drafted him, I did not think it was anything special when they got him out of Troy. I did not think he would, you know, okay, he's nothing special. Um, and a lot of people that know me know me know I have this soft hatred for him because I've actually met him, um, and I feel bad because he's a cowboy. He's the one cowboy I met. He was kind of mean to me. I didn't mm. like it. But he, you know, you taking all of that out, the dude, he's had a twenty sack season, led this league in sacks twice, um, hundred thirty eight career, hundred thirty eight and a half career sacks, uh, multiple time All Pro, multiple Pro Bowls. Um, Never won Defensive Player of the Year, uh, finished second in his 20-sack season, um, but he was one of the most dominant rushers I've ever seen from that outside position. You could And and he was that linebacker, just his stance when you get out there. I'm very happy he was able um, to go to Denver and get his Super Bowl because he very much deserved one. Um, I do have his helmet autographed at my house because he came. he did come to Jersey for autographs. Um, but he's well deserved. Uh, do you do you do you think he he was deserving of first ballot Hall of Famer? I do, I do. He was dominant at the position for a very long time. I remember being very disappointed when he left the Cowboys. Very much so, yes. To go to Denver, but no hard feelings. And in that biggest game, the Super Bowl game against the Panthers. He got to Cam Newton twice. And that's when that the, defense the, was so good. The big dogs need to eat that Super Bowl day. So it was good to see him perform for that for that game and get his trophy. He ended up 
signing a day contract with the Cowboys, right? Finished, I believe it did. It yeah. Ended out with Cowboys. Yeah. Finished off with the Cowboys. And uh, we've seen, I've seen some pictures of him, you know, working with Sam Williams, you know, would love to get him on the coaching staff uh, to help out our guys, but very well respected, you know, beloved player throughout the league. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy for him. I know you had a, one of your first thoughts was the order, the order of the speeches. Why, did, why did you think? Cause I always felt like to me, and I, I guess Joe, Joe Thomas, um, is a very underrated player because he had to play for Cleveland. Um, so he was probably the best left tackle <laughs> in the league for many of those years and had to play for Cleveland. Um, so he, no, I don't want to knock him. He is, I guess he is deserving. He is multiple time all pro, you know, probably one of the best left tackles to ever do it. Um, I just feel like guys ending out the speech, you know, should, should be your flash dudes. Um, I thought it was going to be, I, I thought it was going to be Ware or Revis, honestly. I thought they were going to be ending it out. You know, Joe Thomas does do NFL Network and all that. So he's very well, he speaks a lot. So he knows how. So it makes sense they make it him. Um, but but I, I thought he should have been ending the show. Because I to me, he's 13th all times in sacks. Uh, he, he was just a dominant player. Mm-hmm. And and when I think of DeMarcus where the, and I said this to you before, the, the one game that really comes to mind um, with the Cowboys, he, I remember, you know, I forget what year it was. It was one of those years where the Saints were were undefeated. And uh, the week before, I remember, you know, Ware getting taken out on a stretcher. And you thought, man, this is not looking good. In a neck brace, was not clear for practice, didn't didn't take the field one bit. You're thinking, man, this, you know, this is tough. Um, You know, it, it would take a real miracle for him to, you know, I thought play again that season. And he comes out that next week against an undefeated Drew Brees team. Uh, I, he did not play much. I don't have the amount of downs he actually played. Uh, if I remember correctly, they just put him in in very key uh, guaranteed rushing downs. Um, but he had two sacks in that game, two tackles, two sacks, two forced fumbles. Um, and he finished the game uh, while, um, you know, they just come off a missed field goal, Dallas, off of a big drive. And Drew Brees has the ball at the end of the game. And if we all remember anything about Drew Brees, um, getting the ball with over two minutes left, not a good sign. And he ended the game because he strapped, ah, sack stripped Drew Brees again. Um, so this was a week, you know, a week after he hadn't practiced because they he fractured his neck. Um, so when you think about that, that's just insane. That's that's yeah. that's throwback football right there. Um, so he is much much well deserved. Um, in, in the spotlight that players and the NFLPA association has to protect these players, he probably doesn't play if this happens today. No doubt. No doubt. And then, and so the good thing, the other thing, I, I think it's really cool. He does have Jerry introducing him. Mm-hmm. So he has, he has Jerry bringing him out. And another homage to a, a Cowboys coach, uh, Jimmy Johnson is announcing Zach Thomas for his uh, introduction as well. Oh, I didn't know that. We were just talking about running backs because I do see Tiki is introducing Ronde. Do you think Tiki makes it? Um, I didn't see him on the all-time rushing list. I got to look at his stats a little bit more. He was a pretty respectable player. I do remember being annoyed um, at many of his, the games he had against us. 
So he's got 10,000. So he's 27th with 10,449. Okay. Yo, Eddie George isn't even in the Hall of Fame. So when I first saw this Hall of Fame class, the one name, now a couple of, a couple of the names I'm not all that familiar with, but Rondé Barber, I kind of scratched my head. I wasn't. He, he did make me scratch my head a little bit because I remember looking at the initial list and I thought he had no chance. Mm-hmm. So a couple comments here from the NFL.com website on Rondé Barber. He's the only player with more than 40 interceptions and 25 sacks in his NFL career in the NFL. Is a, Let's see. So as you know, he was with, with the Bucks for most of his career. Over a thousand tackles, over and and 40 interceptions. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I never thought he was like a Darrell Revis. No. So when I looked at the list, so just because, you know, we, the top 25, because they narrow it down to what they have. So your top 25 for your modern era players, Eric Allen, Jared Allen, Willie Anderson, Rondé, Anquan Bolden, Henry Ellard, who I don't know, Jari Evans, London Fletcher. But when you look at London Fletcher's stats, he definitely deserves to be in. So... Whoever's listening, if you know anybody in the Hall of Fame committee, let's get London Fletcher in. Dwight Freeney, James Harrison, Rodney Harrison, Devin Hester, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Albert Lewis, Robert Mathis, Revis, Steve Smith Sr., Fred Taylor, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, Heinz Ward, DeMarcus Ware, Ricky Waters. I'd have to look at his numbers. I don't know if he belongs there. Reggie Wayne, Vince Wilfork, Patrick Willis, Darren Woodson. It's a lot of names. So when I first looked at that list, to me – Rondé Barber, I did not like because Darren Woodson, seven time finalist. I thought he belonged there. He yes. belongs in eventually. Yes. Patrick Willis is a four time semi finalist. This guy, 100%, is no doubt a Hall of Famer to me. Reggie Wayne deserves to be in. He's been a finalist four times. Um, Fred Taylor, kind of, you're not sure. It's not, I'm glad Zach Zach Taylor finally got in. So I'm sorry, Demarcus Ware was the second time. It was a second entry. Um, you know, Darrell Revis was a first time got in. Andre Johnson's very deserving. Tory Holt should be in. I kind of feel like in today's game he gets overlooked a lot yeah. because receiver numbers are so up. Um, and when he started, they it kind of was the beginning. Of his career, he had Kurt Warner for a little bit, but didn't have great quarterbacks. Dwight Freeney definitely, I thought, deserved it over him. So you're right. When I looked at Rondé Barber, you know, six-time finalist, he was not one of the dudes that I really thought would get in. Um, you know, his big moment to me was, I was it, 3 against the Eagles with that interception for a touchdown that cost them, uh, that sent the Eagles home and sent Tampa to the Super Bowl where they blew out Oakland. So he... I don't know. I guess I didn't really want, I thought there were other guys more deserving than Rondé is what I guess I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm right there with you. And, you know, my, my final comments, you know, with, with this class, I mean, Darrell Revis. No doubt. Hall Jeez. I don't know if, you know, and let's keep in mind, he was covering Randy Moss. There was, there was a season and I know I, I, they show it all the time. I look at it on Facebook and just the, the, the heavy hitters 
I think Randy Moss twice that year. He played guys like Andre Johnson, um, and there was a few other big name dudes in that, and and he held them all to like thirty five yards or less. Like you forget how down, like Revis Island. Mm-hmm. So you know he was a true shutdown corner. No problem with that dude. I've seen tweets about with fans saying Revis was a better DB than Deion Sanders. I don't know if I go that far, <laughs> but he's definitely in the conversation. A case could be made. He could be made for in, in that five. Like, because when I look at guys in my time there, my my era, I remember Dion, fantastic. Sherman was really good, but he was more of a zone guy. I like Revis was that guy. Champ was that guy. Um, those dudes would just lock you down, and, and nobody, you know, you knew you're going to put Revis. Either on so you put and and it was different. It's not like you're going to put Revis on this side and he's covering who cover ever comes that side. Revis is following your dude, yeah. and when you're following Randy Moss in 2009, you know, dude, 2008, dude, this is Randy Moss and he's locking him down. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, Revis was just a different man, different animal. Yeah, and and everyone. These days, these days is compared to him. You know, you kind of that he set the ben, he set the benchmark for elite. If you're looking at a player, a DB, how good are they? Oh well, you know, I kind of think of Revis. Like, how how good are they compared to him and what he did? No, no, I I, I agree with you. Yeah, what 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 else can you do? And the good thing. The one thing, and it, it kind of stinks because I think of the big thing a lot of people remember from Revis, um, which kind of brings everything into today. He's on he his big episode. He was big in hard knocks. I remember when Rex Ryan they did where the Jets were there. The whole the big thing was when's Revis coming to camp? Revis was holding out. <laughs> and he signed that contract, and now the Jets are back with Aaron Rodgers, so they just get another circus, <laughs> another circus at their uh, at their camp. So. It's it's a good Hall of Fame class. I'm happy for it, and and congratulations to every every one of them. Yes, congratulations to Demarcus Ware. Um, he's he's very very well deserving. Um, he had one of the best careers for uh, a pass rusher ever, and it'd really be great to see him. I'd love to see him work a little bit with Micah because he's a little bit bigger than Micah, uh, but Micah just has. You know he's he's got much talent. I can't say, but when you look at the two dudes, talent wise, it feels like Micah is is head and shoulders above a lot of these elite pass rushers. Um, so if he could learn a thing or two from Ware, I think wasn't Ware like he had a beautiful he had beautiful everything, but his spin move was good too. Ware could do it all. He was so good, man. Well, that I think that about wraps it up for today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, again, we want to shout out a Hall of Fame class. Congratulations. If you guys are listening, we appreciate you, Hall of Fame class, but we want to appreciate you guys. Um, and let's get Zach Martin signed um, this week again. So um, you guys can follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook, uh, Cowboys Takeover Podcast. Um, we really appreciate you all for listening. And this week, we just got one less than 1% Australian audience. So if you're in Australia and listening to us, we appreciate you down under. We really love you guys. 
Uh, stay safe down there. We love all of our fans here in America, too. We love you all. And anywhere else in the co- uh, world you want to listen, please give us a listen. Um, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or whoever has podcasts these days. Um, you can locate us. And we do have some big, big, big news coming up about us you know, coming live to you coming soon. Um, so Aaron James and I are still working out the details uh, for all of that, trying to figure out what's the best way uh, to bring us to you guys. Um, so we'll keep you guys updated in the upcoming weeks. And I know training camp's about ready to kick off shortly. So I know we're both looking forward to that. We're looking forward to a, a great season. And again, we have some big news coming up. Um, so keep tuned to the podcast, to all social medias. Um, we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you. And have yourself a great weekend and you'll hear from us next week.